listening to the Inside Fairfield Lacrosse Podcast, hosted by J.J. Duke, an all-access pass to Fairfield University Lacrosse. And welcome back to another episode of the Inside Fairfield Lacrosse Podcast. This is episode 10. In fact, we're going to go for a double pod week as it is now conference season. It almost seems like, yeah, we started this podcast back in late January, but it seems like the season has flown right by. We're now in conference season. Boy, does it matter from this point going forward. We're going to have uh, the women's episode today. We're going to have the men's episode coming up later this week as both teams enter in conference play. So it's about Mac women's lacrosse, and I'm here with Coach Laura Field. Coach, um, it's interesting because we haven't had this platform to talk very recently because you guys have been on this very weird and funky schedule. You've played just one time since March the 8th. And you had, what, it's like an 18-day stretch where one game goes on. So the group technically had spring break because that's how classes work out. So how do you keep them from being bored? You know, I, I don't think boredom is our issue. I think, uh, you know, getting a little rusty is more of the issue. And, um, you know, we, we were able to give them some days off, which was nice. I think uh, everybody needed a little uh, rest for their bodies. We were able to do some good team bonding and team building. Um, you know, we had our traditional hibachi dinner. So uh, we had some fun, and uh, we had one game in that mix. So um, it, wasn't a, it wasn't a lost spring break. So the kids or the players now not in class anymore for that week. So... Is it just nice to have them be like full-time lacrosse players for a week and really kind of work on some things that maybe you might not have the opportunity to uh, up until this point? Absolutely. Uh, we were able to work on a little bit of our conditioning, um, you know, without the repercussions of being tired for a game, so that's helpful. And we were able to tweak and uh, and rest some kids and get some in, kids in different positions and, and work around with them a little bit. So we used the time wisely. We knew we were going to have that time off, so we've been planning for it uh, well in advance. So um, hopefully uh, we get a lot out of it. What was the best team bonding opportunity during that break outside of hibachi? Which I was going to say, fun. I suspect that the girls would say hibachi, which has become a little bit of an annual uh, event for us, and we do we do enjoy it. Um, you know, we had a group come in, Brave Enterprises come in, and do um, some work with our girls, which was, was really helpful um, uh, and, and timely just to get our confidence, to uh, um, just to explore our, ourselves as, uh, as humans and teammates a little bit. That's outstanding. I, I love hearing that stuff. He's, yeah. uh, Coach Copeland has talked about you know the alumni trips that they have uh, into New York City, or just the opportunities to even go camping for a little bit and just kind of uh, you know enjoy yourselves. It's it's tough being a student athlete at the end of the day. You got a lot going on, so it's it's nice to have fun. Yeah, some some downtime uh, is never a bad thing. No, not at all. But um, the group did play one game, as we mentioned. It was last Wednesday against Sacred Heart, the nice little uh, in-city or in-town rivalry. It was a win, 12 goals to 11. Results are one thing, and I know you've always been preaching this. It's about the process. I looked at that game as, okay, the win is a win. We'll get to that in a moment, but you always learn something about every game. And I think from this group, they learned maybe four, five, six, maybe more than that things. Yeah, it wasn't the best game for us. I think that's fair to say. Um, you know, I do think it's a combination of being a little bit rusty. I think we didn't execute uh, nearly as well as we expect. Um, I think credit to Sacred Heart, they played very well. They capitalized. They they have a very um, strong offense, and I think we – you know, didn't accomplish a lot of the goals that we wanted. It's great to have that check right now, especially going into conference. Um, but I would not, I would not bet that any one of our team um, was happy with the way we played. The W is 
awesome. We'll take it. Um, but we expect a little bit more out of ourselves. Individual performances. There were a few that were really nice. Brooke Gallagher just continues to do what she's been doing this year with three goals, three assists. Kathleen Holzman, opportunity to play a little bit more, at least noticeably, on attack where she had four goals as you've been working her a lot on defense too with some of the injuries. But you know, having those two obviously on the same page heading into this time of the year, you talked about players who got some rest. Taylor Mitchell had the opportunity to get some maintenance in. But having now those three together heading into the season that's going to be crucial for this team yeah we we're excited for when we can have our full team back I think we've battled um, some injuries we've battled some some injuries that have been prolonged because we need to rest them a little bit longer than we would like but we have to think long term so uh, you know we we would love to get to the point where we have the same lineup um, for every game and we're getting close to that point Um, certainly talk about the combinations getting those three all out there at the same time on the same page would be great and you talk about you know now getting that rest almost out of the way. The schedule becomes very clustered. It's two games a week. I mean, there's no secret to it. That's how the MAC works. You have the last month of the season, nine teams. You have to play everybody once. So at this stage right now, we're you know 48 hours or so before uh, the opener against Quinnipiac. On a scale of zero to 100 percent, how rested and available is the group? No, we're we're pretty rested and available. Okay. So, um, you know, I think what's nice is that we actually this was our bye weekend, yes, um, which is always helpful to have that be the first weekend. Um, but we were able to watch a lot of teams play, and you know, I'm sure we'll get into a little bit. But it was a a fun weekend to watch Mac lacrosse. You know. Not that there's upsets, because I think I've been saying from day one that this is really an open league, but we saw a lot of scores that you wouldn't have predicted. Um, It was nice not to be playing and to be able to watch that. Yeah, so it's actually, I was going to be the last thing I was going to skip to, but you know what? This is why we change things on the fly. Let's talk about the MAC, because you previewed at the beginning of the season that this year, amongst any, could just truly be wide open. Last year was only the second time since 2005 where there was the top seed have a loss. It was the first time, I believe, ever that the top seed had two losses mm-hmm. going to the MAC tournament. That just proves that it's not going to be, you know, you have to worry about X amount of games and maybe X amount you might have to, you know, it might be an easier afternoon. Eight games are not going to be easy to win all eight. Maybe even the winner of this league gets six, and that might even be a nice little bounce. The big one was the MAC opener last Friday down in a, well, let's say not the greatest conditions at Gaelic Park, but boy, Manhattan has come into their own this season. They knock off Canisius. We'll get to the Golden Griffins in a minute, but I got to give credit to Katie McConnell. She has done an outstanding job with that club. They come out in the second half, score seven unanswered to close it out. Elena Burgess had seven goals on her own, six and three record. This is a group that not only do you have to take seriously, but they could be one that could be the number one seed come the end of the year. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, we talk about it being wide open. It's it's not just rhetoric. It, it's the truth. I mean, if you look at the scores, what teams are putting up against non-league teams, um, you can see the growth for each of the MAC teams. Even, you know, even Canisius having a tough year, I would not count out. They have the experience. They certainly have the personnel. They have the coaching. Um, you can't bet against them, and I, and I wouldn't at least. And I think what we're seeing is the parity that we've been talking about. It's the consistency of coaching, um, the longevity of coaching. So now you're getting people that have been there for a while. They're getting their kids through the system. Um, players are getting better every year. Uh, nobody's staying the same. So, you know, it's what you want. We want our league to get stronger. That will help us win whoever it might be, when we get to the NCAA tournament. 
but it is a little bit uh, frightening. I mean, I think there's no easy game. There's no game that no. you take off or you're like, oh, I'll circle that on the schedule. That'll be okay. We know that. Um, you know, we live in a constant state of paranoia right now, but it's it's probably a good thing. As for the Wednesday-Saturday schedule every week, um, I actually think at this point that that's a bonus. I think it helps keep you uh, focused. Yep. You just are on to one game and on to the next. You know, it, it, you don't have a whole lot on your plate other than the team that's coming up. Um, I think we're excited for that and for how we prep. And I think you kind of emulate what Coach Copeland said in the last men's podcast where you don't have time to think about what happened previously. You might have an hour or two to watch some video, see really where like one or two things you can diagnose, but – Hey, you got a game coming up, and now this season it truly does matter because the MAC will be the champion goes to the NCAA tournament. That's it. Doesn't matter what happened up until this point. It's MAC play from here on out. You mentioned about Canisius, and I had the opportunity to not only see them, I saw Niagara, and, and I saw Quinnipiac earlier calling their games. Canisius, yeah, you know, this is a program that's been there year after year they're always you know right there at that level of not only can they compete with the big teams but they might be able to knock one off they had injuries I mean Mm -hmm. they Jen Ranger was out for a long period of time did come back for the MAC opener Uh, but Allison Daly you know it's tough it's never easy to kind of deal with what she's had to deal with this year but you are 100% right come late April they're going to still be there and they're going to be a team that you have to watch out for you know, I, I think you saw even last year for uh, the MAC championship. You know, you have when you have the three and four team playing for the championship, yep. um, that shows you that the parity is is real. And you know, again, experience counts. Um, Allison's kids have experience in championship format. That that adds up, um, and it gives you a certain sense of calm. I mean, we have all had the years where you have a bad loss, what you would consider a bad loss. Um, you can't let that phase you. You got to move on to the next game, and with enough parity, you can come back from that. So um, that's something that that I think we all are aware of. Um, but we want to put ourselves in the best possible position that we don't have to worry about that. So let's look at that opener because. There's many things that you want to tick off, but you certainly want to start the season 1-0 in conference play as opposed to 0-1 because then you don't have that seed in the back of your mind thinking, oh, now we might have to press a little bit. Quinnipiac on the road, that is certainly going to be a challenging test. Now, the Bobcats this year, they're uh, 3-6, and 0-1 in conference. They did open up on the weekend to Marist. I kind of look at the game that you played against them last year. It was an overtime game uh, that you won 11-10. There were a lot of similarities to that game to Sacred Heart. You mentioned Sacred Heart being a couple of days ago. You mentioned how you wanted that game, the Sacred Heart game, to come at the time. I think for you guys also last year, the Quinnipiac game came at a perfect time to learn a lot of lessons. You didn't have much time to figure it out quickly, but it was that test that I think you guys needed. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was a tough game last year that um, we won by the skin of our teeth. I think we tied it up late yep. to get to overtime to win that game. And again, credit to uh, to Quinnipiac. They are um, they've been up and coming the last couple of years. Um, their, their head coach has done a really good job of of getting them ready, of getting them hyped. Um, I think that's a big deal. You know how you feel about the games you're playing, the emotion you bring into it, the calm you bring into it um, is a big deal. She's done a very good job. Um, you know, I think we're aware of it. That's the that's the upside to playing a tough game last year is that they're not a team that we're going to take for granted but having scouted them having watched a lot of film they have a lot of talent and um, 
we have to come to play. And we, we will have to play better than we played last week. Not 100%. And I mean, you talk about the talent. They've got two outstanding attackers. and Allison Kuhn's got 35 points already. Megan Zolowski has got 27 points. They did graduate longtime goalie in Kyle Larkin. They graduated one of the best defenders, not only in the league, but in the region, Kara Kelly. I know you don't obviously try to pick out players that you have to, you know, make sure to keep quiet. But on the day as a whole, I saw them earlier this year. They're a feisty group. They're not afraid to kind of mix it up a little bit, make the game a little scrappy, a little greasy. We saw last year in this game uh, between you two, there were nine yellow cards in that game, including one player ended up being, you know, ineligible for the rest of the game with the second yellow. So this is one for the players to make sure that they cannot lose their focus at any second because all of a sudden – Boom, the score could be much more inflated. Yeah, clean play is, is the name of the game. I think, um, you know, right now for us, our Achilles in the season has been the runs that we give up. Um, you know, sometimes they're small. They're three-goal runs. Sometimes they're bigger. Uh, I think against Denver it was a seven-goal run. You, you can't do that against good teams um, because you will not be able to claw your way back. I think that's our focus, paying attention to that, playing clean, as you say, not giving up um, man-down situations with cards. Um, all of that is something that has been a focus for us all week. And you talk about, um, you know, the things that weren't working in non-conference play. I was actually going to ask you about this. So the group does finish 5-3 and three non-conference, the first time since 2015 that it wasn't a 4-4 four and four slate. We obviously put the results behind, but during the process of building up to this, what were some of the big takeaways that you saw, okay, we hit those marks, or maybe one or two things you obviously mentioned about the runs at the cleanup, but is there still a few pieces that you would have maybe hoped that could have been there at this stage? I think we're looking for a little bit more consistency. Sure. Um, that's probably related to those runs and, and that type of stuff. I think, um, you know, we've had days where the offense has carried us. We've had days where the defense has carried us. Um, we haven't had as many where we could say, I think everybody played a complete game where everybody was um, – kind of firing on all cylinders. That's what I would be looking for. Um, it is obviously very nice when you have one group that's willing to pick up for the other, um, but we want to operate as a team. We want to make sure that we have um, consistency across the board. So that's what we're missing right now. I think it's attainable. I think it's within our grasp. I think it will help when we get the full litany of players back that we've been kind of waiting for mm-hmm. um, and can play consistent lineup game to game. Um, but you know what? We're, we're, we're good to, to play against adversity. I mean, you're going to have injuries. You're going to have um, situations, weather, whatever it might be, that may not be in your favor. And for good or for bad, I think we're pretty good with rolling with that. I mean, that's the beauty of it, right? Non-conference play, you hope to get every situation possible. And I, you go back through yeah, the weather game against Columbia. You're never going to see something like that, but you never know. You might have a game where it's two inches mm-hmm. of rain pouring down and you have to figure out how to play as clean as possible. Injury is obvious. Um, Quinnipiac, actually, their situation where they haven't been able to play many games on their home field because um, it's been unavailable for them. I think they had to play one game at Trinity or, or maybe Wesley. another. Wesleyan, yeah. yeah. It's, you know, these are the situations that you never planned for, but I think you learn the most out of your team in a – in a day like that so I think you know you have your seniors that have certainly been through that this has got to be beautiful for the you know, freshmen and sophomores who may have not experienced something like that and now all of a sudden hey we might have a home game but guess what home game is going to be on the road perhaps so it, it, it's nice it's different but you, you reflect and you enjoy that absolutely so now the other game that we'll quickly touch on upon because it is the two game week as we'll have throughout by the way the next uh, next home game that we'll have it's not going to be until uh, Wednesday, the 3rd of April. My goodness, thank 
I'm saying the month April. Can it finally be April already? It's going to be against Manhattan, and the next two home games are not going to be on the Stag Sports Network. They will be on ESPN3. Uh, that'll be the first one against Manhattan at 3 p.m., then Monmouth on the 10th, also at 3 p.m. But the game against Niagara. Now, always there's going to be a Western New York trip. Unlike most other sports, you don't get the two in the one year or you escape it and have to play the next year. It's either going to be Canisius or Niagara. Last year is Canisius, one on the road. This year it's going to be Niagara in a place that, you know, I saw Wendy Stone's team play earlier this year. They've got a lot of talent. Mm -hmm. They've been building and hitting all the check marks coming in three straight years of qualifying for playoffs. They've got two outstanding attackers in Rachel McShane and Caroline Crump. You've seen them before in conference tournament, regular season. Everybody's going to have to be on their A game to get a result that day. Yeah, I mean, it's what we've been saying, uh, you know, all year. It's 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 every game. Every game matters, and you're exactly right. They have a very potent offense. They have a great draw kid. They have a lot of speed. Um, their defense is just as good. I think when we talk about consistency across the board, you see it with Niagara. You see talent across the board with them. They're well coached. Um, going up there, um, you know, we've gotten pretty good at the trip, um, but it's not a short trip. So no. it's something that um, that you need to prepare for and you need to be aware of. Um, you know, again, the good the good news about every game being dangerous is that you're dialed in for every game. This is absolutely right. And I'm curious, in that trip, you said you have it kind of well planned out. What does a weekend traveling up to Niagara or Buffalo look like for you guys? Yeah, for us, you know, we'll usually have an early morning practice uh, before we leave. Kids will go to class. They'll get released from class and we'll head up. Um, you know, for us, it's just about getting on the bus. It's a business trip. Um, so once you get on there, it, it's actually really nice because nothing else really matters. Sure. Um, you know, and, and like I said, we're, we're, we've gotten pretty good at the bus ride. That doesn't doesn't hurt us too much. So we'll get up there early, you know, five or six and uh, have a meal and, and bunker down for the night. Is there any team movies that happen on the there bus ride? There are lots of team okay. movies. We are trying to uh, get our kids versed in the 80s and 90s movies, but they fight us. So uh, we'll see what we got this trip. 80s and 90s. Hang on a second. I mean, what, how could what, we what, never have seen Dirty Dancing or Pretty Woman? But, okay. you know, I don't know. I mean, are we into kind of the rom-com type thing? We are, are, we... We are probably a little bit chick flick heavy, but okay. that's okay. All right, fair <laughs> enough. May have some suggestions <laughs> off there that we could go to. But, uh, no, that's good. That, that, I think that's what the people love to hear. It's like what happens behind the scenes yep, yep. as opposed to on the field. So to quickly kind of wrap up, you said you watched a lot of lacrosse over this weekend. I'm curious, you know, what was the one that stood out to you this Gosh, past week? Gosh, there was a lot. Um, I watched uh, Brown upset my alma mater, upset Princeton. So that was a tough surprising. game to watch. Surprising. A little bit surprising. Um, but, but you know, credit to Brown. They played very, very well. So that was tough to watch. Um, you know, you had, you had Maryland JMU. I watched uh, BU Lafayette. I mean, there was there was a fair amount of lacrosse. I watched the Maris Quinnipiac game. Um, I watched on Friday, I watched Saturday, the Friday game for uh, Manhattan and Canisius. So, um, you know, an off weekend ended up being a lot of lacrosse, but it was fun to watch some, some good lacrosse. Geez, it's funny. When you talk about all the games, I did actually circle down two. Uh, if you're not watching the Fairfield game in the MAC, I, I'd say these are the ones that you probably should keep an eye on, maybe go double box, however you like to look at it. Um, you know, on Wednesday, it, Manhattan hosts Maris. That's going to be an interesting game to watch out for. Manhattan starting to get hot at home at the right time. Maris coming off of a close victory to Quinnipiac. And then Maris, 
Oh, how did they earn this gauntlet to begin this season? Now they got to go down to Monmouth after that game. Yeah, that's yeah. a that's a tough start, but hey, you know what? If you can get a couple of results early, that's gonna that's gonna make life a lot easier come late April. True. I'm not gonna pick winners in either of those. Those are those are two tough games. So make sure to uh, you know if the weather is nice, get outside, but then go back inside, watch a lot of lacrosse because it's gonna be fun. The MAC season is underway, and it is a beautiful thing to have. And that's gonna do it here for this episode. Thanks as always for tuning in make sure to uh, stay dialed with us on social media at fairfield stags on twitter and instagram at stags men's Lacks and at stags women's Lacks. we will have the men's preview of the caa coming up on friday coach it's always a pleasure to talk about lacrosse with you it's this has been good thus far thanks so much for having me and that's going to do it for us jj duke signing off until next time go stags the inside fairfield lacrosse podcast is a presentation of fairfield university athletics for all information related to Fairfield Lacrosse, log on to fairfieldstags.com.